You're listening to Cross the Line 1524, the Common Man's Podcast. Well, I came here for just one drink. That's right, that's how it all gets started here at the Rusted Nail Speakeasy. Just one drink. Welcome to Cross the Line 1524. We're recording with a live audience as usual. Sit back, relax, and join Dwayne Bischoff, Jeff Montag, Ruben Hunt, and myself, Alan Stanger, for the Common Man's Podcast. Cross the Line 1524. Somebody please. Oh, it's a fun night here at the Rusted Nail. Speakeasy, a little speakeasy outside of Brookville, Indiana, where we record our podcast. I'm Alan Stanger, along with... Dwayne Bischoff. Jeff Montag. Ruben Hunt. And our special guest... Ryan Weisgerber. So, and then we'll have Table 12 over here. Hey, Table 12. There they are. So, uh, we got a special guest, Ryan, here. This is a... Part two of, uh, you know, we started this podcast last week and we're finishing up this week. So first of all, let's see what everybody's drinking here. I'm on my old favorite and my, my standard is Evan Williams and Pepsi Zero. Harvest rum and cola zero. <laughs> <laughs> Rube, what you got? Um, San Omo's cherry bourbon. And uh, Coke Zero, or Pepsi Zero. There you go. So, Ryan from Texas, what you got? Ranch water. Ranch water. <laughs> <laughs> now, let me, tell, let me explain what that is. Explain yeah, what that so is. What's okay. ranch water? Y'all know what Topo Chico is? Topo Chico? No. 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 About okay, ready so to find min- out. It's mineral water from uh, Mexico, and uh, we put a little, bit of, a little bit of lime in there and a couple shots of tequila. Oh, that sounds good. Yeah, it's pretty good. Okay, can we? What what kind of tequila? What's the brand? I'm using Hornitos uh, because I don't like to use expensive stuff uh, on mixing. You know? Yeah, you don't Uh, want to mix expensive stuff. Maybe, maybe he should bring some up and and share it with us at uh, Gator Fresh. Try that out. If I bring something up, I'm bringing the mezcal. There you go. There you go. The mezcal. Well, good deal. Good deal. So Ryan was nice enough to join us tonight. And one of our topics we were going to talk about originally, and we're going to talk about now and include Ryan, is post-pandemic uh, and how it's affected small businesses. Uh, we're, you know, we're middle of April. Little year, year over a year. Over ahead. a year. So actually about this time last year, I was climbing out of bed. Yeah. It was, uh, so, but here we are. A lot of people have been vaccinated. Um you know, things are start, have started to loosen up somewhat, depending on what state you're in. Right. So, Ryan, you're in Texas. So, how is it in Texas as far as being able to go out and eat, walking into restaurants, face masks, all that kind of stuff? Well, I mean, it's loosened up a lot here just recently. I'm sure y'all heard the news. Um, you know, Rangers games are full on everybody, and, and uh, everything's pretty much open here. Um, a lot of stores and that still say, hey, you know, wear a face mask. But when you get inside, there's not a whole lot, not a whole lot of them. So the signs are up, but there's no enforcement. Right, right, yeah. Kind of like Indiana. Indiana. So, so 
<laughs> so your go- your governor kind of they kind of sort of led the way, at least from a news standpoint, so, sort of led the way with uh, eliminating the the mask mandates and kind of opening things up. Um, yeah. So, you know, what's the news from down there with how that's affected, uh, like infection rates and stuff like that? Yeah, I mean, you really don't hear a lot. You know, I mean, it, it's not like uh, it's not like a next wave or anything coming through so um i mean i still personally i still wear a mask every everyone anytime i'm in public when i'm in customers homes i don't but most everybody here that i work for has uh, been vaccinated so so which vaccine have you been vaccinated no Mm -mm. so do you know what vaccine most folks down there have used has it been the pfizer the moderna j and j i think moderna moderna i think it's mainly the moderna yeah yeah so good deal. So yeah, Texas and Florida kind of led the way, saying, "Hey." Well, I mean, they made big well, news. They made big, big news yes. in Texas, but there are several other states that were really kind of ahead, a little bit quieter, I guess, right. about it. I don't know. I don't know why it got to be such a big deal. So well, well then, I looked at the. I looked at when it when it became news, and then you start hearing the stuff, and I started looking, and I, I believe there was eleven states prior to Texas and Florida that had no mask mandate some of them didn't have it from the beginning but the main and like i said we hate to go political the main reason texas and florida were made major news and made the msm network is because those are both basically conservative states and when they said no mask oh my god the world's gonna end but there was 11 states prior to that that were already that way so you know, were, these were just the examples, and I think they were hoping it was going to go bad, but it hasn't. So well, now they don't know what to so do. I, so actually, I heard some numbers on that. So about a month after Texas eliminated that mask mandate, they, they this and these numbers came out of the CDC. Texas, Texas infection rates had dropped 17 percent. Michigan's infection rates were up a. 113 yeah. percent so there's new york still, new york no. state new york state's infection rates were up over 30 percent and new jersey's infection rates were up around 25 or 30 percent and everybody was yelling at texas saying you guys you need to do yeah. what michigan's doing yes exactly and what is michigan those three states michigan new york total lockdown still mask mandates exactly. quarantines so, exactly it's so crazy. here's what's funny about michigan so you know the governor's on you know you can do this do this Two people in her own cabinet were posting on Facebook. One of them's down in Florida. Yeah. Some, one of them's right. someplace right. else. Right. But you're not supposed to travel. Right. Right. You know, yeah. it's it's. You know, I got one thing I can say about Texas. You know what I really like about Texas? What's that? What's Ted it? Cruz. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right. I'm sorry, but that guy is just calling as he sees it. Well, you know, I like Ted Cruz too, but he wasn't too smart about. Vacation. Yeah. No, I agree. I during agree, during right? the big freeze. Yeah. Speaking of which, so how did the how did the big freeze uh, affect you? <laughs> um, <laughs> Tell the made truth. Me now, Ryan. Made well, me a lot of money. Made me a lot of money. Yeah. Did it? No. So I I uh, my wife and I got to got to do some uh, disaster relief in uh, in Texas. So we bought a fifth wheel, and we did it for about eight months after uh, Hurricane Harvey. So we decided to stay in a fifth wheel because we liked it. Simple, simple life. Yeah. And uh, so our our fifth wheel is a four season fifth wheel. We have fully contained. Why? Furnace can run on for hours on the batteries. Wow. 
and we had you know we had water on board and all that so it just basically unplugged it was it was we'd get power it was hour on hour off you know so for us it wasn't bad but it, but, it messed up a lot of houses but that's for sure sounds like it. tell me about what you told me about the the camper park you were trying to help them out without telling them what to do <laughs> oh my god <gosh. laughs> So, you were you, and I got. And I'm gonna tell the listeners you were being as nice as you could be about trying to help them out without just flat out telling them what to do. But go ahead and tell the story. Well, you know they they they've got regular hoses just laying right out on the ground and to their to their this their campers, and I'm like, you know, you might want to put a little insulation or something on there. Right. You know, I have one of the ones that that you plug in. And it's good to minus 30, you know, but they're only saying you have to go out and spend a hundred dollars on a garden hose, but geez, put some insulation on there. Yeah. <laughs> so, they, they didn't, nobody listened. And the next day, you know, they got all the garden hoses in their showers trying to fall them them out. Eat them out. What he was telling about the camper park, you know, they just had, they got PVC stuck them out. Sure, of them out. Yeah. The actual park itself. The park yeah, itself. Sorry. Just just pvc right up, right? yeah pvc sticking up out of the ground with a spigot on with a valve on it wow and they didn't insulate them so these are all I popping and water show and it's like oh my I god i forgot about that i pulled into the park management and i said hey uh you know i don't know you know i don't know much about this but what is what temperature does pvc crack when the water freezes about you know what, what, about 30 they're like, yeah, yeah they're like he's like well i don't know but i guess we're gonna find out I'm like yeah you are and i'm telling you what geez i you know i insulate all of everything of mine but i like his his first comment was uh we banked on the issue so, so, oh yeah so, that's awesome so you you don't own a property that you keep your fifth wheel on you just do you just stay in parks uh, period yeah. there. Okay. Yeah. The cool thing about that is you don't like your neighbor, you just move. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah no, Margie and I were looking at motorhomes, uh, campers the other day, and she's like, you need to check out this fifth wheel. I said, why? She goes, because we don't like the people, we could just move. Gives a, gives a, like, whole, gives yeah. a, gives a whole new meaning. To, there goes the neighborhood. There goes the neighborhood, right? Literally picking up a The move. dogs freak out, you know, because they're, they're one place one day, they open the door. And so you know, Ryan, somewhere else. I have actual camper plugins here at the farm. Ooh, you yeah. can just bring the whole. There, there you go, go Ryan. There you go. And you got electric plumbing my... for you. You're all set. You got that go. new truck. Man. You could just yeah. set up a shop. Yeah, you... he is. Uh, Alan's got it all set up here. You just roll up here with your house. And Ryan's and Alan's in construction, so he could probably hook you up with a job for a couple months Absolutely. if you wanted to. You want to stay up here? We'll take. <laughs> it's a you know September. It's the fall. It's yeah, beautiful it's beautiful there. weather, so you can work here yeah. for a couple months and then head back to Texas. Well, and these new fifth mills, man, they're the Mod Taj Mahal. And man, we have an extra seat at the Speakeasy. We do. Yeah, we could put Absolutely. you on the seat across the bar from everybody. There you go. <laughs> and get all. We can get to, all the stories then, man. Yeah, I'll call Jennifer and talk. I have to have Dodie call Jennifer and talk That's, to her. Where's she? Get this straightened out. Is that his wife, Jennifer? Yeah, Jennifer. Where's she at tonight? She's out and about. She don't want to She's talk to us. By, right? She don't want to listen I, I to this could, crap. I couldn't speak freely with her. You know, I'm not strong like the wing. I'm not strong like the wing. <laughs> oh, so talk to us a little bit about you. Try. I know it's. You know, from talking to Dwayne, it's been tough for you finding help as well down there. Oh, yeah. um, we have the same problem up here. I can't find help. Dwayne can't find help. There's help one of signs every place you look. Uh, and quite honestly, I'll tick some people off. Uh, 
It's because people are too lazy. They'd rather collect a free check and stay at home than work. So all of us don't come from that background. I mean, in fact, I'd feel guilty if I did that. Uh, I think all of us would. That's why we're all here. So I'm from talking to Dwayne. You're having some of the same issues down there, apparently. Well, to to be to be completely honest, I I work by myself here in Texas, North Carolina. I had for a while. I had about 50 employees, and uh, it got down to me and my two boys because I put an ad in Craigslist or anywhere for, and I was paying 20 to 25 dollars an hour as an employee, and they'd show up for an interview and say i'd say how much do you want they'd say 20 whatever they say okay start on monday and you'd never see them again wow that was it you know so it got down to just me and my two sons and that was part of the decision to come to texas because i wanted to kind of semi-retire of course the customers won't let me do that here but i've been trying (laughs) so you do good work it's hard to get away from it yeah yeah, and it's there's just so much work. COVID, I feel like, especially at the beginning, people were just sitting in their house saying, "Man, I want to do this. I want to do that." Right. Yeah. Right. So, so it, being in the construction uh, business, I know the price of lumber has gone up a ton. So, how how has that affected you? And and are you seeing any slowdown in the in the in the work based on that? No, not here. I don't know. I don't know other parts of the country, but man, it's. They cannot build houses fast enough. Everybody's coming from California, you know? <laughs> yeah, that's what we heard. This is, Which is yeah. bad in a way. It could be bad Everybody's politically com- wise. And you they're know? not stopping in Austin. They're coming all the <laughs> way down here. I mean, right now, I, I, I happen to work in the industry right there. And right now, to give you an idea, three-quarter inch to OSB is $56 a sheet now. Oh, I know. I, yeah. yeah. And, 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 you know, when you go and you calculate in 250 sheets for a house – that's a huge so i just i just for me and again i'm not in the construction business but how long can the market can well they've sold down the river that the low interest rate is worth the deal but that's the only thing regardless of the low interest rate it's the only thing but the low interest regardless of low interest rate you're still paying that back but you're going to run out of the low interest rate it's It's going to happen it's going to hit a point where the interest rates are going to start rising and it's going to make it to where it's not affordable anymore. Yeah, a 250 square foot home on OSB alone, just for flooring and after OSB alone, six months ago was thirty three, thirty five hundred dollars. Now it's nine thousand dollars. So, yeah. so Alan, tell us about your bids. Yeah. So, <laughs> right, Alan knows. So I'm in the commercial industry, right. obviously. Um, uh, steel, oh. you know, it's 175 percent, and. You know, from the time you make the order, it's almost 20 weeks now to get yes. joist and debt, yes. which anybody that knows, that's the first thing you need after your foundations. Right. right. You know, to tell a customer, well, we can start, but, you know, we got to add. Oh it, it used to be. Six months before. Yeah. It used to be, you know, within uh, 10 weeks, six to 10 weeks, you'd have a joist and deck. Well, now you can't do no. that. No. So, well, here's the problem so, I see. Here's the problem I see. You know, Dwayne knows what happened to me in 2007. Yeah. Um, I mean, I lost, I lost everything, every car, every. I had four houses, lost them all. Um, had eight months of no income. But the same things are going on right now. You people start to build a house, yep. and it's worth 30 percent more before it's complete. That's right. And yeah. Austin, right now, if you put a bid on your, if somebody's selling a house. It's 
going for it goes to a bid war because there's so many people wanting it. It goes up yep. for thirty percent more than what the asking price is. Yeah. And that's the worst. And, and, and that's right. just, that's yeah. not just in Texas. No, that's, that's, that's happening right here in yeah. good old Indiana, man. And what is going to well, kill see, us? See, that's what was happening in North Carolina, and that's I mean. That's why I'm living in a fit. That's why I'm glad I'm living yeah, in a fit. Right. right. Yeah. Well, and the other, I'm telling you the, what. The negative part of that is when our taxes get reassessed in a few years, they're going to go off this current sale value, right. not what real value is. That's right. Our taxes just went up now. The next time they assess, they're going to go up again based on this this stupid market and it's it's just going to kill the people that are trying to live here and survive well you know when you think about production wise in covid the manufacturing facilities said we're not bringing employees back you're simply going to pay more for the product and that's what's happening and you have companies out there that's making these products and this includes electrical wire 12 2 wire get this guys 12 2 wire yeah, went last week from $119,000 for a 1,000-foot roll to $600. So it's not so much that they're not going to bring them back. They can't get they them can't back. They can't get them back. They can't and get that's them back. Can't, that's part, that's of, the part yeah. of the problem. They can't yeah. get them back. So another, uh, we talked about, I think, before the, we started tonight, uh, cargo pods. Yes. Uh, well, I, th- I think we were talking about that's when you were on the phone uh, out there. So Let's not go back to that. I'm feeling good now. So to... to <laughs> You know, it is what it is. There's a lot of material that comes from China. Well, so, all over the other parts of yeah. the world. So yes. during the pandemic, we weren't accepting goods and services because the people weren't there to accept them. So, so what's happened is there's cargo ships sitting here right. waiting to be unloaded. Well, when you order stuff, I'm going to talk about granite and quartz. So... On the big jobs I do, I order the quartz from China mm-hmm. it's a, and have it shipped here. The problem is they don't have any pods to ship them in because they're still sitting in the bays here and haven't been unloaded. Right. So yeah. what used to cost me $7,000 for shipping right. is doubled to $14,000 for the pod because they don't have any pods. Right. And, and, and it's a long, long wait time. Yeah. Even at yes. that, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's... it's um, I mean... In my business, I've been waiting on. I started ordering product. I've ordered product in November that I still haven't got. Right. And you know, and it's not just from China. It's from all over the world. It's just sitting in ports, and you know, you. you <laughs> but you think about the employee staff, and I'm sure Ryan sees none there. Why would a guy go back to work at fifteen dollars an hour? But he can make when twenty he can make, an hour. When he home. can make twenty five cents at home. Yeah. I mean, right That's now, hard, guys, it's getting max thing, yeah. plus an additional three hundred fifty dollars. Before well, it, it was six hundred. So. If you have any work ethic, right? But the, I, mean, well, I don't know about That's, y'all, but, but, but uh, when get, when I get up in the morning and I don't go to work, I feel anxious. Yeah, right? yeah. I start yeah, feeling yes. sick. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah I, I'm with you, but I, uh, you know, at the same time, I I kind of get it with, uh, you know, my brother, my brother. Uh, he got laid off at the beginning of the pandemic, and and then when they called him back, he took an eight hundred dollar a week pay cut. I mean, how do you yeah. how do you do that? And now right. he went back to work, but I mean, he he was like, "Damn, you know." Right. And and uh, uh, you know, fortunately, we were raised we were raised you know it's kind of the same way. You suck you feel, it up and you, go back you to suck work. Suck it up and you go back to work. But man, it's awful. Well, it's awful hard, that, and you want and there's no wonder why you know people aren't yeah. sitting back. So part of that is this is going to get political, but part of it is because of the current administration that's part 
I mean, it's been talked about. Socialism's been talked about for a it's long the buy time. It. It's the that's, buy-in. That's, they the want people dependent on the government. That's right. right. That's right. You, you're paying it's the people. It's also the way kids are now, though. I mean, Xbox generation. I mean, I couldn't find people to work before there was any of this going on. Right. Yeah, it's you just, know? Yeah. going to get worse. I had my daughter. She's 31 years old. She's like, like Justin's age. So when she was 18, she was hanging out with a lot of, a lot of kids. And I said, look. Tell any of your friends because that's when it was just going crazy. It's any of them, I'll train them. I'll train them. I'll teach them a trade. I will train them and I'll pay them well. I got one kid out of like 40 people she talked to. Right. You know, it's it's just the way it. You know, I know what you're saying about the, the politics of it, but it goes way beyond that. Oh, I agree it's with that. Yeah, absolutely. It's a philosophy. It's a philosophy, life. and it comes from the. School school system and yes, the parent. collegiate school system it just well let me talk about it. so yeah. we, we're all kind of fans of micro and his big push for getting, yes. getting kids back into the trades Blue and when, trades. when when we were all in high school we had vocational school i went to vocational school and uh mm-hmm. i don't know I if you. i didn't yeah no, you I know didn't. and I, did. I went to, i went to vocational school and that was a big push well like somewhere along the lines between the time i was in high school and the time my kids were in high school it kind of it just went away and well, it's like you know, it's does like, for sale still exist? They still got a yeah. Still it's still there. Yeah. It's still there. The problem is the the administration looks down on yes. the kids that don't go to the four year college. And I'll give you my personal well, it's story. They get money. That's well, they right. get money, but they get money for the trades too. The agriculture department at East Central High School funds. The state will fund. Would the, the state would pay for another teacher if the school would just help promote the program? But I'll I'll take you to a personal story that I have, I can I'll vouch for it. It it happened to me and happened to my son. My son is very smart. He never studied for anything. He got everything. He just I mean he's just one of them kids. He got it if he could see it and read it. Oh, I got it. And he passed tests and got that way. From seventh grade, he was in algebra. We never pushed him. We never forced him to do it, but we encouraged it and we kind of kept put. I mean, kind of pushed him along, but kept leading him because we saw he could do it. So he's going along. He's taking all these pre, pre-college pre classes. And we, like I said, we never forced him. If you, whatever you want to be in life, you do it. You know, go for it. And uh, he gets into his senior year. He's in pre-cal, and he's in all these college-bound classes. But he decided he wanted to work for me and be a mechanic. That's great. I need that smart kid working on cars because most cars today have 20 to 30 computers in them so i need that smart kid so i'm like okay if that's fine if that's what you want to do but he goes in these classes well his guidance counselor pulls him into class him and a friend of his pulled him into the guidance counselor office and she looks at his schedule and she looks at it and she's like well you're in this and this and and you just want to be a mechanic why are you taking all these classes if you just want to be a mechanic and through his whole career, we never told him what to take. We never forced him to take a class. He always took them because he knew he could do it. He knew he, and he liked it. So that senior year, he dropped all those college-bound classes and took BS classes, and his grades went from A's and B's to a couple classes he got a D in, and he was struggling because he just didn't care didn't anymore care. because that guidance counselor said, you just want to be a mechanic. Yeah, the challenge drove him. The challenge drove him. Right. And and then it wasn't challenging him. Right. Well, she told him 
because of his career choice, he wasn't worthy of it. So the flip side of this is I had this happen to have this guidance counselor's car in my garage and we worked on it one day and I, and I knew it, we finished her repair and I got done and I said, Hey, by the way, you're the guidance counselor at East central. Yes, I am. I said, well, you know, you had my son in there and, and I went through the whole story and I said, why did you tell him that because he just wanted to be a mechanic, he was wasting his time taking pre-cal and all these college-bound classes? Uh, 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 uh. And it was, she had no answer for it. I said, did you look at his grades? Did you look at any of his past to see he had never had a C, he had A's and B's and never studied? He got it. He was just... I mean, he just got those classes, and she didn't have an answer for it. I said, and I before she got there, I scanned her car. I took my scanner out. She had 27 computers in her car. I said, your car has 27 computers in it. Do you want the kid that is smart enough to pass all these classes, or do you want the kid that can't do all these things to work on your car? Uh, uh, uh. And that was her answer. And right. I said, don't you ever tell a kid who's taking a class and passing it and doing good that he just wants to be whatever to not do that. You are ruining that kid. I said, and you have ruined my son. He has quit. He's given up on himself and he's given up on the education because you told him he just wanted to be a mechanic. That's because we have to sell the agenda. Well, yeah, it's exactly. We have to and sell the agenda. When he were going to flip to the wrong side of this, he worked for me for a year and I knew this wasn't him. He could do it. He could fix it. He was smart enough. He knew it. He knew how to, the mechanics of it, but it wasn't him. And he asked me one day, and I told him, I said, son, I don't want you to do this because I do this. I want you to do whatever you want to do because it's what you want to do. 30 years from now, you got to be happy with life, and right. you got to enjoy your life. Right. Go do what you want to do. Don't worry about dad. Dad will be just fine, and whatever I, you know, when I go away and quit, I'll be just fine. Do what you want to do. So he chose a different path. Then he had to go back to college. Now he's got to take these classes that he didn't take in high school, and he has to pay for it. And, you know, he's behind the gun because of one lonely guidance counselor who thought because he just wanted to be a mechanic, he didn't need to take these college-bound classes. And like I said, me and my wife never pushed our kids. My daughter did great. She's done great. She's done good. But, you know, and my son has done great. But we've never pushed him in anything. We've just... We've guided them along the way. We saw what their path was, and we tried to help them, you know, grow in that path. And right. this one person screwed his path up for a right. couple years. Right. So yeah, I mean that's sad, and it's. I mean it was the same way. I mean when we were in school, we yep. were kind of looked down. Oh yeah, you were down, looked down on. Uh, I'll never forget. It wasn't as bad. So here. I, I think I told this story when I came back for my five-year class reunion. It wasn't; it was our peers. So I remember it. Everybody thought. I mean, my big thing: I was going into radio, TV production. That's what I was going to do with this one semester. Whole semester. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so you know, you see everybody at the fifth-year class reunion. So, uh, what'd you get your degree at? Blah blah blah. Well, the truth of the matter is, I went for one semester. We know. Uh, I ended up working construction, making more than my dad was making because it was a prevailing wage job. I right. never went back to school. Right. You know, and you tell them, oh, well, I'm working such, for such and such construction. They're like, what? And I'm thinking, you know, at the time, 
you, you don't know what to think because everybody's you looking down. down. You feel down about it. Right. You know, I look back now. You know what? Yeah. I'd already paid off my loan. Yeah. And I was making, I guarantee, I was right. making more than anybody there at the right. time. And I mean, you probably they, they have now. I, so I got a funny story for that. <laughs> I'm, I'm five years after high school at a, I don't know what restaurant. Let's just say the Red Lobster. I don't know. We were at a Red Lobster. And I had been right out of high school, which it's illegal as heck now. I drove a tractor trailer from 19 until yeah. I was 24. That was legal then. Yeah. Oh, it was a chauffeur's license. Yeah. You know, yeah. Yep. 18 questions. I'm driving a tractor trailer. <laughs> but uh, so I, I was making, this was the 80s. I was making between forty dollars and $50,000 every year. Wow. Right. So in the 80s. So in the I'm, 80s. I'm, I'm in a restaurant. I'm in a restaurant. And couple tables over you i won't say any name but you all know him he was just getting out of a college degree for criminal justice going to be a cincinnati police officer shooting for it i don't think he got the job but how much money did he pay for college right yes and 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 i made all that money i'm thinking that that was a wow moment for me i'm like wow you know i've made all this money and and he just got out of college for to be a Cincinnati police officer. And he's got a world of debt. Yes. You know, and, and he's still hoping for that job. Right. He didn't get it. I know yeah. he didn't get it. Right. <laughs> That's the sad thing. That's sad. I part. mean, it's like, yeah. so, I, mean, we but can... I had a, I had a guy that had a little Debbie's route. Tell me when I was 18 years old, he said, Ryan, if you hustle, you'll always make good money. Right. He said, just be a hustler. Yeah. He said, don't even, don't worry about all the other stuff. All you gotta do is hustle. And that guy made a killing off of little Debbie's. Sure. You know, yeah. Yeah. sure. So, so little so, Debbie snack cakes. Yeah, Jim Squatch. Yep. Jim Squatch. When he listens to this, yeah. he'll it would appreciate be, that. Be, yeah. Those suckers. So, that the, the nutty bar. That's what. That's how I found out how to diabetes. <laughs> Damn little things. <laughs> so Ryan. So Ryan. So how did you get into construction? Then how, how did that? Well, how did that all work out? Well, um, working on my you know, house. T- <laughs> yeah, working in Lawrenceville. Uh, no, you know I. My, my dad had a painting and sheetrock business before I was born. It was my grandfather's business. And uh, so I did that in the summers. But he didn't want me to be a, just be a painter, follow his thing. So I got kind of sick. You know, truck driving's cool for a bit, but I got kind of got burned out on it because that was back then, you know, two log books, you're running 90 hours a week, you know. <laughs> right. Going exactly. crazy. So, uh, I, so I st- went to work for a builder in Cincinnati. Um, Henry Fisher Builder is what it was. Okay. Now it's Fisher Homes. Fisher actually. Homes, yeah. 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 So I, I work for them, but guess what? In construction, you work 80 hours a week. Yeah. Yep. So, you just don't get so, paid as good. Yeah, you just didn't get paid as good. So, but, but, you know, and I just, I always like construction. The, the immediate gratification that you get at the end of every day. Yeah, you, you know? can look up and see what you got done in, in the day. Well, that's, that's, yeah. that's, the dip, uh, the, so for so. me, the difference now, though, is, I mean, I took pride in everything I did. You know, I ended oh, up, yeah. I was a trim carpenter for a long time. Man, I took yeah. pride in the work I did. The, it's, I know you're different because you do as well, but a lot of the people out there working don't. It's just a nine to five for them. Right. They slap the stuff yeah. up, and it's like, I mean, I had to show a guy that's making good money what the scribe strip was on a countertop, you know? I, there's a reason How do you there's use a, a coping saw. Yeah, <laughs> and a belt sander on, on the scribe. It's like there's a reason there's a scribe strip there. You know, it's just 
there's no it's hard to find true craftsmen nowadays to uh, take pride in their work well ryan sent well, me a couple pictures tonight on my phone before we were getting here he sent me a couple pictures of a job he did and you know kind of a before during and after and you know and then to me i i just look at it and go man that's cool that's that's a great job and i say well, nice work and i mean i can see his pride in yeah. what he does and every job is part of him is there on the wall or whatever the project is it's part of him is left there so you can see that and it's a, like you said it's a true craftsman does that kind of work right. today and that's a going that's a that's a dying trade yeah yeah anybody go ahead it kind of cha- changed though you know i i was a fin- i i built houses for about five years in north carolina and then i started finished carpentry business and and uh i was getting a dollar a square foot you know and take you get you had a whole week to do the house and then you got down to 32 cents for the exact same house you know so right. that kind of kills pride and yeah craftsmanship yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. well then it starts to become production right. i mean when you, it has to be yeah yeah when right. you get to that point then it's just another but knocking the job out and getting to the next yeah. job just to try to pay the bills right yeah but you where know, it's good to be back where it is you it's know one thing i could really say I, i've been very blessed to been able to be I will coach or mentor through some great managers in my past and Jim being one of them, you know, from where we come from, Jeff. And I can tell you, I struggled when I was in when I was in high school and junior high because of some family stuff. And, and I don't have a college degree. And I can tell you, regardless of your education, it doesn't matter. What matters is your drive. And if you don't have the drive to push yourself forward, and to educate yourself on the process of production and understand what you're doing. It doesn't matter what your education is because your education that you have on a certificate only proves that you finished what you did. It has no bearing on what you can do. Right. And I have been given opportunity, and I have earned myself in those things. And time and time again, I've seen people come out of colleges and and some brilliant, smart people – but don't have the drive mm-hmm. to push themselves forward. No. Well, and, and I think yeah, that that comes to that thing that Ryan's talking about with the hustle. Yes, yeah. you've it's always the hustle. you've always hustled, buddy. Always. I mean, right. I mean I've always. watched it. Uh, you know, so, you yeah. still see it today. I mean, you're you've went you've changed careers and went to a totally different career, and you're still hustling, making yeah. it work. I and, do, and that's and, just you that's know, just the, determination. You have to have that, but you know, I'm I was wise enough to take a person's uh, guidance to give me guidance to what I need to know. And, and to listen to what they had to tell me that it was in the field without the education to back it. And and, and tell, today these kids, or if you, let's say future, let's not say kids, but that drive is gone. Right. You know, I, I came up through a society in the last 25 years that, listen, if you didn't do your job in front of me, I'd take you out. Right. Gone. Okay? That's the way it is. I would take you out. And the reason why is because I would step in and perform your job better. And I've done that over and over and over and I've made enemies, and I have great, I've made great friends doing that at the same time. But I've never once sold out my dignity or anybody else's dignity to it. And I've brought a lot of people along my tail with, on my tail with that. And, and today it doesn't seem like the drive is there. And no. it really bothers me because I've seen what people can do if they just put some effort towards it. Right. But it's like no one wants to do it anymore. Well, I think it's waning. So, I mean, it's, it's there for certain people. You know, I mean, but it's but it's waning, and I think it goes back. You know, you guys are talking about guidance counselors and what they talked about and stuff. Hey, when right. I, I'm sorry, when I was in high school, I mean, 
uh, I don't even know if the guidance counselors I had are still alive. I'm guessing they're probably not because <laughs> I give you, well, you're so, old. So, and, you know, bless them. I mean, you know, the, the town of Brookfield thought the world of them. Right. <laughs> right. But I'm sorry. Right. I'm sorry. When it came to, when it came to guiding me, they just they, did a job. They just did a job. And they, they, so here, I'll give you a, for instance. So I have a sister that's 20 years older than me. Okay. She went through the same high school I did. So I get to high school, and this is a true story. I get to high school, and my freshman year, I had taken Spanish. I had taken Spanish in middle school. Didn't learn a damn, I don't know, I probably weren't learning learn No hablo español. No, you know, no, no. <laughs> I, I probably learned 10 words of Spanish Uno in 7th and 8th grade. But I took Spanish in, in, as my freshman year. Well, yes. I, I immediately realized, now, you know, the the Spanish teacher there was a great guy, and he would, but he intended to t- to teach you Spanish. So I get in there and I realize he really expects me to learn this, <laughs> <laughs> you know? right? So, right. So, I need so, to get out of this class. So, so I realized that pretty quick, and I'm like, I need to get out of this class. So I go to my guidance counselor. Now here's what happened. My guidance counselor looks at me and she's looking. She goes, "Your sister was Janice." I said, yeah. So that's my sister that's 20 years older than me. Okay. She goes, well, she was a great student. I don't really. <laughs> what the hell happened to you, Jim? <laughs> that's kind of like Your what Your sister it was. was smart. So, so I'm being compared. <laughs> right. right. Now, now, seriously. So my sister, Janice, graduated the top 2% of her class. I, I knew that and wasn't going to happen. there's <laughs> 20 years later, that wasn't, the, that wasn't going to happen. Up, right? But this, this is my guidance counselor is comparing to comparing to me to a student from 20 years ago right. that just happened to be my sister. And I'm thinking, uh, oh, I'm screwed. <laughs> okay. But I still, I'm still dropping Spanish. <laughs> I don't care. It's just going down the list, putting a check mark by your name going, no. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm thinking that guidance counselor ain't there no more. Yeah, probably <laughs> not. Exactly. So, I, unfortunately, I think, to, to be honest with you, and this might tick some people off because these might be guidance counselors that are still alive. That's okay. I think they went downhill from there. Because when my children went through the same school corporation, I was no more impressed with how they guided my children. Agree. Well, part- and, and I and I think and I think again it becomes part of this um, this new this new educational process. This yeah, it's definitely well, not the same. Well, part of it was you were looked down upon if you didn't go to the four-year college and get the four-year degree and my my philosophy is as simple as life can be is if everybody went and got a four-year degree who would do all the stuff you need done right you know you see the meme i've seen it on facebook and social media whatever where it says you know you're looking at the guy picking up garbage and you see the one mother telling her child look at that guy he's a garbage man and then you see the other one going that gentleman is a you know garbage. He's he makes it. He's got a union wage or whatever. He's right. making benefits. He's taking care of his family, and that's the difference of how it is. That's right. It's how it's looked upon. It's the what you do, and the construction trade has changed. The mechanics trade has changed. Every trade mm-hmm. industry has changed so right. much in the last <laughs> 15, 20 years. Trade. And and you hear today. I mean, me and my world of mechanics. 
they're saying, you know, you look at some of these car companies, they say in, in 15, 20 years, they're going to be totally electronic cars. There's going to be no gas engine cars. Who's going to work on your right. car? Right. Do you think you're going to get the kid that, okay, I'm going to make some people mad. You go back into school and, and the guidance counselors of day, uh, if you can't do this, you can't do this. Oh, you can go be a mechanic. No. Those days are gone. I need the electrician. Right. I need the kid who doesn't care to get dirty. I need the kid who who's passing the math classes because he's going to have to fix that car, that electric car, in 20 years that doesn't have the mechanical engine right. running no more. I mean, right. even today, the electronics and the technology in cars is so far past what it was when I started. And yes, it's 30 years ago, but it's not that long ago. But technology is advancing so fast. In 20 more years, I don't know what you're going to take to get your car repaired. I mean, I don't know what that tech... I don't know if I could do it. Right. I, I mean, I... I'm not well. So here, here's and here's the quandary as you're talking about that high tech stuff, and so you need these these people who are smart kids, very very smart kids. <laughs> but guess what? They're still going to have to turn wrenches. Right. They still got to get right. dirty. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. So it. so here. They're not going to do it. Yeah. That's, mm-hmm. That's the end of the day. They're not. Yeah. So back. So back in the day before our time, I'm going to talk about tradespeople. So. Your very intelligent, smart people ended up being carpenters, ended up being the electricians. That's right. Ended up being the plumbers. That's right. Mechanics. Mechanics, because back in the day, that's what they did. And you got the cream of the crop. So then you came to the generation we grew up in, the, quote, cream of the crop got shoved off to right college. And it got worse after our, after our era you know, the era that we're hiring now, the cream of the crop got... It's been whitewashed out. Yeah, whitewashed well, well, how out. how many of you guys, how many of you guys have worked, because I haven't been to college, y'all, sounds like none of you, none of us have been No, college. none of us are college graduates. So, so, I was working for that builder, and somebody came in with a degree in sales, and they put him in the same level as me, and I had to teach him everything there was. Exactly. Yeah. And then come to find out, because I'm just friends with a lot of people in the company, like the person that does payroll, dude was making a lot more money than me. Exactly. Because <laughs> he had a piece of paper. That's why I started my own business in 96, and I haven't worked for anybody since. He had a piece you know? of paper. <laughs> I mean, right. I, in, in sales. It goes the simplest thing. My uniform guy. A few years back, I had a uniform gentleman that did my uniforms. He was the greatest uniform guy I've ever had. He knew how to take care of me. My wife had a certain way things were done. I had a certain way things were done. The first two weeks, we had a problem because that wasn't what he was taught. But once he understood our system at our garage, he got it. So from then on, we never had a problem. And we got to know him, and we became friends more than just, you know, we saw him once a week, but he became a friend of ours. And and I I treat everybody that comes into our business regularly as more of a friend. But we got to be friends, and he started to tell me, you know, every once in a while there'd be a new guy with him. And it's a young guy. That was his new boss, and it was a college-educated kid. Knew nothing about the industry. Knew nothing about how to take care of customers. Came in, and usually I was more aggravated after his boss was with him. And he'd come back in the next week and go, Hey, I'm sorry about how things were. It's I'm still taking care of you. You know, this guy who knew 
who wasn't college educated but knew how to take care of me as a customer, satisfied my needs. I paid my bill. I never complained. But then when his boss came in, I'm aggravated because it's a difference. You know, they're trying to tell me what I'm going to do. But the guy had no personality and no, he didn't know how to take care of his customer. And the gentleman that, that was my uniform guy for, I don't know, three or four years quit because he was never going to be promoted because he didn't have a four-year degree. Right. He knew his job. He knew how to make his customers happy. He could have taught the next generation how to make their customers happy, but because he didn't have a paper degree, he was never going to be any more than my driver. And he's got these 19-year-old, well, 21-year-old kids coming out of college telling him how to do his job. Well, you could go out here in the Tri-County area, Ripley, Union, Dearborn, Franklin County right now. And look at just the construction, plumbers, electricians, and stuff. And look at the majority of those guys that have a four-year degree. And they're in the trades. And the reason why they're in the trades? Because it pays more. They're there. I talk to them all the time. I know who they are. They're in the trades because the trades pay more. And it it was sold down the river 25 years ago that it's not the place to be. And it's sad. Carrying some debt. Carrying a huge debt. That's right. right. That's right. That, that that we should be paying for now that the government should just wipe out now. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> and we'll Student just ignore that subject. Yes. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, you know, so I've got my comparisons of my two children and one has a four year degree and one does not. And uh, my son my son, who's the oldest, um, does not. He, he he took a shot at he took a shot at college for a year and, and he was never the scholar in the first place. But it just wasn't – he just wasn't built for that. And, and But it wasn't they, his intelligence. No, and that, it no, wasn't that no, he wasn't no, – but no. that just wasn't him. It wasn't him. Right. And, and on the other hand, I mean, my daughter, she just whipped through school and, you know, she, she didn't – you know, it, you know it, was, it was obvious that, you know, she was probably college-bound and, mm-hmm. and that was fine. And that's, and that's all good, you know. So, you know, today – and I'm very proud of both of them, both of them – have great jobs and they're doing very well and they're moving forward um um but my son got into the trades he got into the hvac trade and um you know i guess the difference is um he's probably making be honest with you i don't know what each of them make my guess is he's making more money than his sister and she's got bigger debt right you know now that may over a period of time change sure. i mean it, it may change because you know uh, you know she may have actually a bigger outlook if she uses down tools the road. correctly right yeah um but, but you don't know but you don't know right and and um i wouldn't change anything with either one of them i think you know again i think and i don't know that either one of them would change anything i think they're both situated in a good place for themselves and um it's about being happy too, you know. Right, exactly. And and so he's he's doing something. He's, I mean, he likes his he likes he's his work. Living his life. He's living the dream in he's, in Utah he's too right now. In Salt Lake City, and he, he you know he he just got engaged. And, he's a brilliant and, young man. Yeah, he he's, really he's is. doing fantastic and and living the life in the mountains and and doing what he wants to do aside from work. And my daughters too. Matter of fact, both my children are engaged, and and um, I couldn't be happier. And they have bright, bright futures, but two different, totally different kind of paths. Right. And uh, I think Robin kind of, you know, 
it's like uh, the, the system uh, sells you this packet of goods at a four-year degree. It's what we've been talking about. Four-year degree is what you have to have. Well, uh, you know, my children are proof positive that, you know, it can be. It doesn't have to be. doesn't have to be. Exactly. And, and that's what people have to get. And um, this incredible debt that people uh, get, especially for degrees that just aren't going to get anybody to where they want to be. Fortunately, my, you know, one other thing I told both of them when they went to college, I said, you're going to major in something that actually pays something at the end. You know, this, uh, you know, people can take what they want, but a four-year psychology degree doesn't get you nothing but a big batch of debt. And and uh, unless you're going to pursue that, you know, another four, five, six years, um, you know, it's 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 just going to get you another job and um, and a lot of debt. And unfortunately, too too many of our young people have been sold that. And so here they sit. Here they sit with this big pile of debt and a job that isn't built to pay for it. You know, I was told years ago that um, you can, and I can't remember who said it, but you said you can be what you want to be, right? You can be a ditch digger, but you got to be a good one. And you can be a thief, but you got to be the best. You can do whatever you want to do. But there are too many times now that <coughs> we coin, the world coins success on the number of dollars that you make. Right. It has absolutely nothing with how much money you make. If you're not happy in what you're doing, it doesn't matter if you make a half a million dollars a year. It doesn't freaking matter. What matters is if you can go do your job, enjoy your lifestyle, and live within yourself or your dreams, you don't need to have anything else. No. You know, I had a great sure. conversation with a man that works for me. He's a truck driver. He's CDL, works for me. He's like, I don't know what I want to do. This guy has already passed his fighter wing capability. He can be in the MEPS program and be in the 57 fighter wing out of Pensacola, Florida. And he hasn't decided whether or not he wants to do it. Okay, so I sit and talk to this young man and going, how can this guy be sitting there knowing that he could be in the fighter wing and he's been accepted to the MEPS program and yet he's happy being a truck driver in the middle of southeastern Indiana? You know why? Because it doesn't freaking matter. If he wants to be a truck driver, then let him drive a truck. Be the best right? truck driver you're going to be. The best one you can be, sales? right? You do How not have to sell yourself down a river yeah. to be something that you're not. You don't yeah. have to do that. Go ahead, Ryan. Oh, how many rich people fight depression and end up killing themselves? I mean, right. right. Look right. at these rock stars recently, you know, <laughs> last year, I think it was, you know, they've got it from what, from the outside, they've got it all, what you look from the outside, but right. it doesn't make you happy. Right. Right. So I, 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 Ryan, so I'm really interested because I, I don't personally know you, but this whole thing, and I think this, you know, that change of life that smacked you in the face, right? So you lost everything. And so now you're living to where we talked a little bit about when the taxes are going to go through the roof. Well, guess what? That isn't going to affect you nearly as much as right. it's going to the rest of us. Right. Because, you know. He's not attached to the system. Well, he doesn't, well, he doesn't have that big, huge property right. Uh, right. in front of him, right? It was a life changer, but, you know, it was liberating at the same time. Exactly. And, you know, um, but I've, I haven't got a loan since. Everything I 
everything I have is cash, you know? There you go. So everything I have is paid for, and that's the way That's the way I need to do it, you know, yeah. for me. Well, you can go out You go out in the world not owing anybody. I mean, you look at, yeah. you look at a different world. I mean, to, I go out today, I owe somebody. My wife, I mean, I have insurance to cover things, but if I go out today, tonight on my way home, I owe somebody. Somebody's going to want come collecting, and you got to be able to cover it. Ryan, you know, can go out tomorrow and don't owe anybody nothing other than what you've lived your life for and right. what are you stand for and what are your beliefs are. And uh, that's all you owe for. Yeah. You know, I faced that for a long time, whether or not I would survive and whether or not I would be something in my career. I did it for years. And, you know, wife, kids, young, I was young. And, and, and then I realized that, you know, it wasn't had nothing to do with how much I was educated. It was how much I was willing to learn and how much I pushed myself. And, and, and I picking the right person to help me push too is a big difference. But I can tell you right now, you can take down mountains and, and I've done it. I've, I've been to places and I've been in positions that most people with a lot of degrees couldn't do. And it's only because of drive. It has nothing to do with education. I don't dis, discredit anybody with an education. No. If you want to get an education, you get it. But if you don't have the drive to use that education, it's, good, it's worth nothing. And that's the problem we sold out today, yeah. that if you have an education, it automatically comes with a job, and it doesn't. You have got mm-hmm. to prove yourself that you can prove that you can do what you can do. The only thing the education certificate proves that you finished what you started. That's it. It doesn't tell you where you're going to go. And and I'm glad that I have two sons today that do very well for themselves, and they both did the same thing. One went to school, and one didn't. And they're both machinists today, and they do very well for themselves in a blue collar trade. Now, I would love to see my sons work less hard for what they do but you know what it's a respectful trade they make good money and they do very well in society and if you go back and compare them to some of the people they went to school with they are well above right a lot of the people they went to school with and if they're happy with their life exactly that's, that's what right. matters that's, that's all right. it counts and you can do what you need to do it's all good it's all good so good. we got way too deep in we this. got deep in this okay. <laughs> no it's you know it's good to hear ryan's perspective for where he's at this guy yeah. lost everything yeah. You know, when you go and, and you know, no, until you step out of your comfort zone in life and in business or in profession, you don't know where you're going to go. Yeah. And most people get complacent in what they are. And if you can't be afraid to step out and until you step out and go, I'm going to get uncomfortable, that's when you truly grow. And you can't be afraid to fail. I don't care. Uh, you pick me up off the ground if I fail. I don't care. I keep moving. Uh, you you got to do it. So something that was interesting that Ryan said, he talked about in 2008 when that collapse occurred, right? Yes. And he's seeing a lot of that same thing now. And I, I see it too. Oh, and, yeah. And, you know, yeah. that that whole thing in 2008, that was driven by our government. Yes. I mean, that whole that whole thing started with these guaranteed loans right. to banks. Yeah, it's the loan. It was the guaranteed yeah. system, and the banks would have been stupid not to be loaning anybody. As well, the balloon loans, too. Right. Well, balloon exactly. Loans, right. exactly. That's, what, that's what I'm talking about. So they were guaranteed. Yeah. So they were the banks were loaning people money that had there was no way. They couldn't afford it. There was no way these mm-hmm. people should have been getting these No dock loans. loans. But I could have got a million dollar house if I wanted one. Exactly, right. because the and, and the bank would have been stupid not to give you the loan because the government was guaranteeing it. So that ballooned the market. It ballooned it until it popped. That's right. And yeah. then it just was crushing to everyone. 
And yeah. it's unbelievable to sit and watch the same shit happening now. The same stuff is built right back up to where you feel like that same exact thing is going to happen. Yeah. You know what? You know what I think happened too then, which might sound. I don't know a lot about the whole scenario, but the fuel I was get. I was paying a dollar a gallon for diesel. Yeah. And it went to three over three dollars a gallon. Yeah. All at the same time. Right. And, and nobody took. And and yeah, and here we are again. But I think that had a lot to do. With it. People weren't going on vacation. They weren't. All their money. They're driving. You know. We all grew up in Indiana driving to Cincinnati. At least a lot of us did. Right. Yep, right. Exactly. Dwayne drove about a mile away. But right. Other house. than Dwayne. <laughs> yeah. But, but you know, so that's, that's a huge cost. If you go from, if you're driving from, you know, where we live to Cincinnati every day, you're not going on vacation that year. You know, yeah. all your money's going to that's fuel. Right. That's right. Yep. Yeah. And then, and again, we're, you're starting to see that creep up now and you wonder where that's going to go. And, um, you know, actually, my wife and I have saved some this past year because she's been working from home, so she hasn't been had, had to drive to Cincinnati every day and back, and, and so there's been some savings there, And but that's going to change here before too long, and at the same time, the, the fuel prices are, are ratcheting up, and so it's going to change, uh, it's going to change our budget, you know, it just is, and, and um, so well, we'll have to see what happens, but you know, I, you know, I mean, it, I just get this feeling just with everything building when we're talking about the, the cost of lumber going up and the cost of everything, and the cost of the cost of fuel starting to creep up and and the, the hard the hard time it is to get people to come to work mm-hmm. and at some it just feels like at, you know this thing is all going to slap to a head. Yes, and we've it's, got it. It's, it's, it's got be to. Ugly. I mean, I'm. Uh, I'll give you a simple. The simplest thing. I'm looking. I own storage units too, and we're looking to dig out. We want to dig out grass and expand our outside store. Simple project: dig grass up, put thing down, put gravel on top. Okay, the matting. Uh, did you put underneath gravel to build a parking lot to keep grass from growing? I called a friend of mine, and uh, he has. They have three rolls in stock. Four hundred and thirty dollars a roll. That's all he has in stock. I want to order. I need six rolls. The next three rolls are six hundred and eighty dollars because of the increase. And I'm like, and he's like, dude. He goes, it's going to go up thirty percent more. I mean, this is the simplest thing as putting down a gravel parking lot has doubled the cost. Be of not counting digging it out, putting the gravel down. It's just the the piece of material that goes underneath the gravel we are sitting here at a time right now again we're telling everybody on the freaking planet it doesn't matter what it costs interest rates are great spend it buy spend it. spend the money the interest yeah. rates are great well i'm sorry regardless of the one and a half or two percent interest rate you're still paying it back someday you got and guess to. what when you sign that paper and you miss that loan you balloon <laughs> And we're selling the freaking world down the freaking trenches again. And I watch it every day. We're 08 coming You can't back. tell me that a 22 and 23-year-old young man and woman out there with two kids can afford a $500,000 house while he's freaking working at a bowling alley and she's working at a daycare. 
It doesn't but work that way. It's just a matter of... And we're of, seeing it again and again. It's just in a different form. It's the same, it the same what, The same. And once it, once it busts, you can live within your means. I was way within yes. my means. Yes. Right. You, you can, can live with it, but when it breaks... It doesn't matter if you know if you could afford that house, right? Right, and they, and it'll care, right? Because they're not responsible for it. Just to, who cares? Who I'll cares? Just, I'll go bankrupt. Let somebody take it. Whatever. It's, it's just, just right. And that's yeah. what they had, had everybody walking away from. Yeah, all of it. You know, when you got a from. you got a young couple, 24, 25, walking in and saying, "Hey, here's my blueprints. Here's what I got. I'm building an eight hundred fifty thousand dollar house," and and you look at them going. Okay, he works at a local factory. You need a two hundred fifty thousand dollars house. And you're like, she's a teacher at elementary school. I'm thinking, there's no possible way that they can afford that. They shouldn't be. There's no. There's no. There's no way we should be signing loans for that crap. But you know what? Why not? Yeah. Why not? It's covered, and yeah. they will walk away unscathed. And that's what's going to happen Until again. The day and I see it coming again. It's just a. I mean, it, I mean, I'm in the retail industry, and and I'm just at a point of when do you right. stop? You see when it. do you stop ordering product? Where is the wall? Right. Where is the wall at? Is it is it three months, six months, a year from now? When there, there's going to be a wall, it's going to there. We've got to come to it sooner or later. And where is it? And I hope people are thinking of it and preparing for it because the next one's going to be worse than the last one well i think ryan's prepared for it he's I'm glad fi- i lived through what i did he just picks <laughs> up and moves right? he's going to be in indiana <laughs> you know, he's I've, got got, I've got your rv site right here <laughs> yeah he's, ryan he's, alan's uh, looking for residual income yeah. to hook you up <laughs> <laughs> he's, well he's, if i'd have lived like i'm living now and before 2007 and 2009 i'd have bought half of florida that's right. right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And you know, I mean, you got me thinking, man. You got. I gotta say. You know, I I watched. There's a show called The Big Short. It's on Netflix, and it's a great movie that explains to you exactly what happened in 2008-9, and explains to you. And there's a lady on there that they interviewed. I mean, it was a live interview, and she said, "I went down the street and said I sold this house. In four years, I sold this house. The first time I sold it for six hundred thousand. The second time I sold it for like nine hundred thousand. Third time a million. Second time a million six. And now today it's sitting there empty, and you can buy it for one hundred fifty thousand. Yeah. yeah. And and you know and she was like, I sold it to people who couldn't afford it. Right. Well. So right. I I did the same thing. So before right before I moved to the Keys. Right. I was working full time for a construction. So company. what year was that, Alan? I moved in there in '02. Okay. okay. So prior to that, I was working for a, a major, the second largest construction company in Cincinnati and building houses on the side. The president of the company and I had a side deal going on. Uh, we, we were building houses in Indiana. He, he took care of all the money. I took care of all the work and lined people up, and we split the profit. And it was very profitable. But I'll never forget the last house that I built before I went to Florida uh, was for a couple, and I was working with the bank in Batesville, Indiana, and people would come because we bought the land, and I'd subdivide it. Right. So I took the package to this bank, and the banker goes, that lady's had three bankruptcies. So I don't think we'll be able to take care of them. He calls me two days later. You'll never believe this. We got them. right? Yeah. So $250,000 house. Right. And I knew as I was building, I'm like, man, I'm going to be able to buy this house back. <laughs> right, yeah, right. for half the price. So less than half. So I was in Florida when it happened. Uh, the house 
the bank did a quick sale, $84,000. Wow. And it was a custom house. Well, you, so so very you were nice in house. Florida. I was you in Florida 2008 then? I came back in, in 08 when I came back. So okay. to go a little further here, and these guys don't know the whole story, so I made a lot of money when I was here. And when I was in Florida, I then spent it. No, I was investing in real estate here. I mean, I, I was flipping gas stations. I was flipping little mom and pop hotels. I had about five different properties when everything went down, went south. So I lost those properties. I ended up, when I came back here in 08, 09, I guess, um, I came back with absolute, I had my pickup truck, and that was it. I had nothing to my name. Uh you know, I got divorced during that time, which took some of that, obviously. <laughs> but in the same sense, you were basically doing it because there was no. Oh, I, I, it was it was crazy. Basically, risk free. I, right? I would I would hold on to a property. There were several properties. One was a mom and pop hotel. I, for one week, they needed a gap financer for a week, and I was the gap financer. Made twenty grand. I mean, just like that. Yeah. Boom. Yeah. And, and I did yeah. the same thing for a couple of gas stations. I mean, it was crazy. Um, and people were buying, people selling banks for finance, and it was nuts. I mean, a lot of it was, you know, people needed a little gap financing while the bank was doing their financing. Right, right. And, um, and, and they didn't care what they were paying. Right. It was nuts. So, you know, obviously I ended up, I came back here with nothing to my name. Uh, there was a trailer out front here, I which say, I redid. And the story begins. Yeah. The story begins. So I had two whole life insurance policies that I'd taken out when I was 18 years old, working construction, paid into them, forgot all about them. Yeah. I'm here and I'm going through some old paperwork. I'm like, that's all been paid for. <laughs> <laughs> There's some cash. So that's how I started working on the old house. I cashed in it. Was, but but did you learn? Well, yeah. <laughs> right. No. Right. Look at him. Look. <laughs> Alan, so Alan learned from that, but most of the people that didn't, didn't they didn't learn from that, no. right? No. no. And that's no. what's happening now. That's why people again. are buying and buying right. Right. and financing well, that, and financing. That's, a that's almost a generation ago now. It is. You know? It is. Right. Yes. I looked over here at table 12, and I don't know if his wife agrees that he yeah. learned. <laughs> <laughs> we got some Allison <laughs> tractors for sale. <laughs> I don't have any of them financed. <laughs> I, I, had, I had a real estate agent it was a friend of mine in naples and fort myers in 2008 or 9 and he was sending me pictures every week this brand new house two two thousand square foot house never lived in sixty thousand dollars yeah and oh my God. they were all over the place like yeah. that and there now was a high rise there was a high rise building that was supposed to be homes from the 500s to the 1 million right in Fort Myers, they auctioned them off for 125000 each. And I was oh, in, wow. I was working in Las Vegas in 2009, and I walked, oh, yeah. I went outside of Las Vegas and Lofton, outside of Las Vegas, and watched them bulldoze a, oh, full, Vegas was, yeah. a full subdivision yeah. of half a million dollar homes. They bulldozed them. Yeah, yeah, yeah the they thing, hit like North Carolina. That was yes. the same same scenario. They literally yeah. bulldozed them. But to think those houses he was talking about in Naples today are probably million, oh, oh. $2 million houses. If you could, if you had to turn on the big short, well, if you had to cash laying around to buy that hundred thousand and just let it sit there, yeah, you know you're going to make your money, and that's the people that make the money in in the long term. But that's not us. That's not us. You guys guys were talking about gas prices then. So right before I moved back from Florida, so I had a diesel truck, Dodge diesel. I was in the Keys. So you were talking about three three dollars gas. So for my truck, it was five and a quarter a gallon for wow. diesel fuel in the Keys. Man. It was crazy. 
I mean, I had to save up for like three weeks before I could drive back up here. <laughs> <laughs> and it's on the port. <laughs> oh, it was nuts. They literally parked a tanker next door. No, it all gets piped down from yeah, that's Miami. That's brilliant. the problem. Yeah, but if you're on the in the Keys, how far can you drive if you stay? Yes, there? really. And all those Keys people got but so much money. Anyway, Alan's Dude, problem. Alan's problem. Alan's problem was he had to get back to Indiana. Yeah. Back to Indiana. <laughs> he missed Indiana. The cool thing about the Keys is in Miami, everybody's. Uh, they're not rich, but they try to look like billionaires. Thank you. In the Keys, the billionaires try to look like the poorest bums you could ever. That's exactly right. <laughs> That's exactly, right. exactly it's awesome. Right. So I had a business down there, and, and everybody looked down upon me because I was a hard – I mean, I was the blue-collar guy, and all those people were freaking billionaires right. from New York and New Jersey. It's, You're the slum working. I'm the slum working there, getting up at 6 o'clock, yeah. making a racket, starting a diesel truck up. Trying to make dollar houses eating bologna sandwiches, <laughs> right? Yeah. yeah. Speaking of that, Ryan, you know, and, and, and you got to make a trip to the Keys, too. That's a, that's an invite for you, too. Keys, so. Yeah, we, we've actually. We'll be there later this we'll year. We'll be there August, August, August 7th, right? My favorite August. Cuban hey. restaurant in the world is down there. Yeah. yeah, you told me Pepe's. about that. Pepe's, Pepe's. Cantina. The, the time yeah. I was there, you were. I'm on the they, phone with you, walking, trying to find a restaurant, and they everything was closing as I'm walking by, and we ended up in the bar. What is it that has the camera? Hogs breath. Hogs breath. Hogs breath. That's where we ended up eating that night after Ryan was guiding me through town. So Pepe's has the best mojitas in Cuba. Oh man. Nothing. Oh, man. Nothing. No. And the carnitas. Yeah, oh yeah. Is that close oh, to where we're at? Oh, everything's... I'll message you the date, Ryan, so you have to set the set yeah, the date for if that. You get there, man. That'd be great. It'd be a Live on the shore. So, so real quick, Ryan, before we, you know, we, let's jump back to your growing up here in Indiana and just like down the road from me, but I didn't know you. So yeah. it's kind of like these other two characters over here with the Central. <laughs> so, the good side of the line. We were on a good side. Um yeah, it's a funny thing. It's it, it's it's a crazy it's a, it's crazy stuff. So, Pin Pinhook Road is that it? Yeah, yeah. Pinhook. Okay, yeah. so I never heard of Pinhook Road. I I you know I know White Hill Road right. because you see that off of Forty Six, and I travel that plenty, right? And see White Hill Road and take that shoot up to Bright from from down that way or whatever. But you know, it's a funny thing. Last night was the first last night was the first time I ever heard of Pinhook Road, and that was that couple at the bee, school, at the bee meeting yeah. that oh, I'm no going oh, to be helping keep bees. They live on Pinhook Road. I was like, well, I don't know where that's at. <laughs> and then so here we are tonight, and I'm talking to yeah. a guy who currently He grew up lives across in, the street from Pinhook. Yeah. Yeah. Which yeah. Basically, across the street, across yeah. The, yeah. The water street. Across, across, across the, the water yeah. street. From Pinhook Road. He lives south, like, wow, south of Longnecker. He lives south of Longnecker Island, man. Yeah, so, you know, you can't take – you're not going to be able to take 46 to get to Pinhook because they're closing 46. Right. No, you can Redo get there. Right. You can get there from 52. Yeah, but not from this end. But not. No, from but not from this See, end. That's it's where already my, close. my wife's family's from Pinhook. Yeah. Oh, really? Henson. Okay. All, Carl, the, Hens- yeah. all the Hensons were on Pinhook. No, Carl. Not Carl Henson. Uh, it would be Donna, Dave. Yeah. Funny story about Pinhook Road. Okay. Funny story. <laughs> we went to, We went to school with a boy on Pinhook Road. He got before we got out of high school. He was struck by lightning twice, <laughs> and a motor and a motorcycle rolled. He was mowing the lawn in his yard in Penhook, and a motorcycle ran off the road and hit him. And he <laughs> 
Yeah. I don't know if he still lives on Pinhook, but I hope not. So I got to know, who are you talking about? Uh, you remember me? we called him Lightning Rod. Lightning Rod. He's got his <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, my gosh. Yeah. Oh, I know him. He's the guy you yeah. wouldn't want to hang out with. <laughs> Well, yeah, it's true. He was taller than us, so we were okay. He got struck by lightning twice <laughs> and then hit by a motorcycle, motorcycle and cut grass. And lived grass. on Pitta. Boom. Yep. Definitely just stay away Shocking from experiences. Oh, wow. That's funny stuff, man. Yes. Uh, at least for us. Maybe not for him. <laughs> Goodness. Wow, oh, that's boy. funny. So I tell you what, this has been fun. Yeah. We're, we're an hour and fifteen in, and Ryan, I tell you what, it's been a blast talking to you, buddy. Oh, I've enjoyed it. It's um, awesome, guys. We're gonna have to do this more often. Absolutely. So, uh, I think we're gonna call this one a wrap because we've talked about you know, what we want to talk about, and Great then conversation, a little Ryan. bit more. And you know, sometimes we're poli- political, but uh, you know what? It is what it is. It's okay to yeah. have fun. Though. Yeah. So Ryan, I I hope that in the, sometime in the next year, whether it's in Key West or here at the uh, Gator Fry, I get to meet you. Yes, in I'd love to. Yeah. I'm gonna, I'm gonna like, try. Yeah, yeah, I miss great. home anyway. Actually, it's a yeah. dare. We dare you. And if you don't, if you don't <laughs> want to have, have the haunted hookup, you know the hookups at my house, so you yeah. know where that's at. Well, the, the, the hookups aren't haunted out there. It's just a, you know the. the the, the, you know, it's all good. It's we, all good. We can bring the spooky crew to go through his cabin, go through his fifth wheel. <laughs> uh, Benjamin might go visit. Benjamin. You know, we haven't Easy really boy. had any. He's been pretty quiet. Been He's pretty been quiet. quiet here. We haven't had any lights dimming in here in a while. It's been good. We still have an issue upstairs every now and then. Yeah, but, but it's been quiet it's down good. here. So I, I got to tell you a story. So, um, and flies. Just, did you have you heard the story it? about the wait flies? Minute, wait a minute. Did you just see the lights flash? I didn't. I wasn't paying attention, did he? It was a TV. Was it the TV? Okay. It was a okay. TV. Okay. So, this winter, I go upstairs. It's after the Get Spooky Society was here the first time. I go up there, and I'm telling you, there's a thousand dead flies on the floor. I'm like, <laughs> where did these all come from? You know, what's the... Amityville Because there's no flies downstairs. What so, the hell? <laughs> yeah, so I vacuum them all up. So, her um, for the maple syrup weekend her brother and sister-in-law were coming down she goes man you got to go up there and vacuum those flies i said i did that a couple weeks ago go back up there there's dead flies all over <laughs> i'm like what is going on here where are these coming from so i'm thinking there's something and in fact i mentioned it during the maple syrup thing yep. to stephanie yeah and, oh no it couldn't be i said you know it's not us you know, and I'm like, oh, there's dead flies all over the place. What's going on? So I'm scratching my head thinking, you know. So a couple of weeks ago, I was down at my mom's, and she goes, hey, there must be flies coming in from this ceiling light here. The trim's not tight, and they're, they're, they're getting in the bathroom here. I'm like, that ceiling light's got freaking insulation over top of it. You know, it was a recessed right. can. I'm like, so I started thinking a little bit. I said, When's the last time you ran any water in your tub? Well, <laughs> so sure enough, filled the tub up. And, yeah. Uh, the tra- and so the tra- I walk tra- upstairs and, and here, and I'm like, there's no water in the trap for the urinal, yeah, A, yeah, yeah, and yeah, in the so tub. They were coming through the tub. They yep. were coming, you know, your whole septic system. Sure, right. And, That's right. They were coming up. So since I've made sure there's water there. Answered the fly question. Okay. So it the house real, is not possessed. So it was not really a pol- the ghost. It's not a poltergeist. It's not a poltergeist. Okay. <laughs> it's so funny. I, I seen Stephanie's brother today. Did you? Yeah. 
Oh, have, we'll have an offline conversation about that. <laughs> now she's a listener, so yeah. No, it's a good. It was good. It's good. Just haven't yeah, seen him in a while. Uh, it's uh, you know, some interesting footage came out of. I they'll. I'll, I'll just do it very quickly. I went into the whole. I mean, I believe and not believe, but I went into the whole thing because I've watched the shows and TVs and stuff, and I went into the whole thing with trying to be the the skeptist and trying to disprove everything. But when I saw the what is the what is it with the little stick figures SLS camera SLS camera, and when I'm standing in there and I'm videoing the I'm videoing with my phone the SLS camera, and this stick figure thing shows up on it and the light shows up we can't see it anywhere and when the question was asked you know benjamin raise your left arm if that's you and the left arm of this stick figure goes up and down my first thought was what the hell (laughs) you know and and there was there was no way to explain it there's no way to disprove it we have flashlights on the wall and and when we got them in here i i asked them for their flashlight and she's like what do you want to do and i'm a mechanic i tear things apart i look at it so i tear it apart i wanted to see was it fake was it somehow controlled nothing there so i had no way to disprove anything that i saw back in the back room of this cellar here i wasn't scared i wasn't nervous i still am not but I have no way to disprove anything that happened that evening in it. So did you see the very last video they did with SLS? No. The last time they're here? I need to. So it is very convincing as well. They're in the dining room of the old house, and they had the pendulum uh, there, and the pendulum rock was moving. So all of a sudden, there's a stick figure on the table, and and she says... uh, can you take your arm and move this rock? And it's the same scenario. You got a stick figure on the SLS camera. You see the arm come out, and it moves, and the rock moves at the same time. Happens several times. It's like something's there's it, yeah it yeah you just cut yeah there's something but you don't have an explanation. But like I said, I'm not as scared. It doesn't. There's no fear. There's no. I will exercise my right to stay away. <laughs> Yeah, right. so just you can't see him, Ryan, but Ruben's underneath the bar stool right now. Well, you remember I, I I had a disclaimer up front. That's what I'm not into. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. And, we're, and we didn't yeah. ask your question, but but I'm just – but for me, there was – I've never been afraid. I've never feared anything or never felt any weird thing, but it's just – it's one of those things that I can't explain, and I'm just leaving it at that. Yeah, and, I mean, you know, we talked about it we talked about it when we had him in here and i mean my cut of it is um i've got an open mind about that stuff but um there's a higher power that protects me it doesn't bother me it just it, it just is what it is and right. if, and if all they're there they're there and if they're not it's no big deal but but um i don't know maybe ryan they don't have those down in texas do they no, a Chris, according to christian roper they do oh, that's right hey speaking of that so what is it? What is it with Texas? Well, all of a sudden we got Phil from Texas, we got <laughs> Christian Brian from, from Texas. Texas, and we got Christian from Texas. They're good guests. They're good yeah. guests. Yeah, I've absolutely. learned. I've learned that if you eat some Stinger Sugar Sack Blazing Beef Jerky, it keeps the poltergeist <laughs> away. It keeps the poltergeist away. <laughs> what I've I, what I've learned in life is that no matter where you are and what you do, no matter what you believe. Where where your life has changed you, you can be friends and you can 
go about your life and and get along and experience the differences in your life together and grow from it i mean myself and ryan are different different worlds in different ways but we've been good friends for more than 30 years and yep. you know you've made i think ryan has probably made some friends tonight yeah i've absolutely. i've shared with these guys with ryan and reuben or with jeff and reuben you know our mine and ryan's experiences together and no matter like i said it's it's no matter where your life where you go in life with your own self be true to yourself be friends with your friends and let them be themselves and you That's be right. yourself and why why can't we all just get why along not? i mean i am who i am right right you are who you are i mean me That's and ryan right. have had some different experiences and shared different things that from different perspectives and but we're still friends 30 yep. plus years later and he'll still call me i'll still text him probably once a week and you know he calls me if he needs advice i call him if i need advice and you know it's just if the world could learn to live that way and just let you be you and i be me yep we would be a much better world in the end absolutely so with that for cross the line 1524 i'm alan stanger with dwayne bischoff jeff montag ruben hunts and our special guest Ryan Weisgerber. And we'll see y'all next week. Out the door.